0: we
1: Thursday, May 23rd, it's 5 p.m. Eastern, this is Pillars of Franchising, I'm Fred McMurray and I'm incredibly happy that you can actually hear me, and I'm vertical, because everything has been breaking down in the last 24 hours, but we're here with our co-host, Ray Pillar and Holly A.
2: Ford, Ray and Holly, how are you?
0: Doing good, doing good.
2: I am fantastic and I have my baseball cap on here in Chicago and Ray's not with me.
3: You're not with him.
2: <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so,
1: what's the what's the weather like, Ray and Holly?
3: Well, I got sunshine and windy 77 degrees here. <laughs>
2: Oh, same. It's gorgeous. I love your city. It's beautiful. I'm downtown, looking at really tall buildings, and it is it's it's a perfect, beautiful day here.
3: Yep, uh, you can't go wrong with a day like today.
2: Well, it's still cloudy think, here, and
1: it's been raining lately. Uh, we we sent that, that over just cloud for you, that Fred.
2: Follows you, Fred. <laughs> Remember Schlepprock, Rock? The little lousy wousy woo woo. The little black yeah, cloud. Yeah, bite
1: me. Bite me, both of you.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> bite
1: me, both
2: yeah, yeah. of
3: you. hearing about
1: the All sunshine right, and the whales.
2: Yes, come on. They, 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 We've gotta. We got to find out where they're at today.
3: So
1: who's our first guest?
3: That's the question. That is the question we were debating when we were trying to get you to talk to us. Oh, bite me. Maria, Why I'm don't
0: right.
1: we why don't we bring the Chief Yogini on first?
4: Woo-hoo. <laughs> Yay! So, I'm Holly, here. why don't you... a All
1: right. That's Go She ahead. jumped in fast, but, Holly, who is the in, Chief? Yes. Who's the Chief Yogini? <laughs> the Chief so she...
2: Yogini. Yeah. She is Maria Perola Turco. Maria, um, I have had such an uh, incredible experience visiting her on her yoga in New Jersey, I love Maria. Maria is so intelligent. She has done so much in her career. She's chosen to focus on her on on the yoga the business that she franchised, but she has the uh what would you say? She's got a, a very very long list of accomplishments. That's the best way to say it. She has been a franchise owner, she has optimized businesses. She's um She's done it all, and right now I think she's taking the world by storm with her Honor Yoga business, and again, it's a beautiful facility, and uh, I'm excited to have her tell us more about that.
1: Well, Maria, you probably probably have gotten the longest introduction ever done on this show. You should feel honored.
4: I am honored, no pun intended I am honored
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well how do you know the pun wasn't intended there I mean you know So where are you First two questions I'll ask Where are you
4: Uh and
1: what's the weather like
4: Okay I am in the beautiful Princeton, New Jersey And I think I see a rainbow Because it was just raining and now the sun is out So there we go It's beautiful here
0: (sighs) Ah
1: So now that we've done Pillars of Weather, we'll let Ray ask the first <laughs> question, since Holly's being annoying about Ray not being where she is.
3: That's really easy. Well, first of all, we haven't talked about the weather. Well, I guess we have. Anyway, what is honor yoga? Ooh, good question.
4: So what is honor yoga? Well, first, I, I ha- can you allow me to just um... – make sure that we're all really sitting up tall and straight and breathing really deeply and relaxing. Can we do that? And that gives you a, a, okay. a, a really good idea as to what honor you are. Is everybody there? Are you sitting up tall and are you taking a nice, big, deep breath in through your nose? Brett, and then Fred's out not. Throat yeah, throat so, throat. Fred, so Fred, <laughs> Fred, so we'll talk a little bit about that. You'll have to ask me a question about your – the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, but we'll get to that. But what is Honor Yoga? We're an eco-beginner-friendly yoga community, and we offer various yoga services for families and adults and children, and we offer meditation, aerial, and floor yoga, and we do retreats and birthday parties. We are an amazing brand that's bringing change and community to the U.S. We're excited. Holly.
3: Perfect. Wow. <laughs>
1: So what's it? Yeah, what Maria, makes it different Yeah. Ooh, Ray jumps in with another killer question.
3: A killer question. I just dive right in there, you know. <laughs>
0: Perfect.
4: Yeah, right. It's a it's a really it's a really good question. You know, there's there's lots of yoga out there, right? And yoga's been around for it's one of the oldest practices that are out there in, in the universe. And in terms of differentiation, you know, we talk about USPs all the time in this in business, right? What are your unique selling points? What makes you best? What makes you different? What makes you first? And so it's a lot of things. And we could probably talk about an hour about what, what, what makes us different. But essentially, you know, the, the world and the U.S. in particularly, only 20% of the population really exercises on a regular basis. And well, 92% of us, you know, want to live healthier lives. And so what, what makes honor Yoga different is we're really approaching yoga from kind of a medical holistic aspect. And it's not just fitness of body, it's fitness of mind and fitness of spirit. Um, So, you know, we get into the programs and services that affect us at the core. And, And then in terms of how does that translate into the actual programming, you know, what's What's the latte and what does it taste like? Aerial yoga, which is great for seniors and kids. They love to get upside down, especially, you know, when when you're actively aging, it's difficult to get upside down in a safe way. And kids love it. Meditation, and it's everywhere, especially in corporate America, and high-level executives are seeking it out so they can optimize the performance of their businesses. And then you have, you know, the practice for yoga, which ranges everywhere from, like, power yoga to energize you to, restorative yoga, which works on your parasympathetic nervous system. So Ray, uh, so actually, Fred, Ray, you were asking me, Fred was freaking out a little bit before this call, right? and so what was happening in Fred's body, because, you know, the show is going to start in a minute, and sometimes we have these technical difficulties. So in Fred's body, he, he got a rush of cortisol, which we all get this rush of cortisol in our body when we have high levels of stress. And that's our sympathetic nervous system. And what that does, it deteriorates our bodies and our mind over time. Well, yoga actually decreases cortisol in your body, and it helps to increase the use of the parasympathetic nervous system, the opposite. And so, you know, someone like Fred who just had that episode and he has high-level cortisol flushing into the system, if he just did a few minutes of yoga, he'd be able to alleviate all that out of his body so that that's in a nutshell is a little bit about honor yoga and what makes us different
1: if i go do yoga now then we got a bad show going on (laughs) (laughs) i mean people say if i'm gone then yeah no go ahead holly ask a question you've been quiet and i know it's eating you up (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, I'm good. I love listening to Maria. Maria, you have, again, we were, you know, as we put in the introduction, you have done a lot of things. I, I, I just have a, a really important question that I haven't ever asked you, and, and, and we're friends, and you are um, a mentor to me. And one of the questions that has come to my mind as of late is why did you choose the path to go into uh, starting this yoga business, franchising it? Um, and really pulling back out of all of the other many avenues that you, your hands were in,
4: very successfully, I might add. You know, I have asked myself that question too, Holly, many times. So we're going to answer it together right now here. So, okay. uh, you know, Good. my my I'll tell you a story, a little bit of background story, and I think it starts with my mom. So if you can imagine a farm in Italy that has – 13 kids, it just has two rooms in the house, so they got their water outside in a well, and they had an outhouse as a bathroom. And, you know, at the age of 16, um, my mom worked on the farm. She had 11 brothers and sisters. Her 4-year-old brother came into the house, and he picked up a shotgun that my grandfather used for, for hunting. And he thought it was a toy, and he, he fired it, and it hit my mom in the, in the elbow, and she completely lost most of her elbow, completely shattered in her right hand. And so she then was sent to the U.S. and she got married and and had my sister and I. And so she had this handicap. And, you know, one of the things that she did is she proactively throughout her life, she couldn't use her arms very well, especially her right arm. She would do yoga, and I didn't know this until I got into the yoga business that my mom at a very young age was doing yoga with me, legs up the wall, and all kinds of things to basically restore her body, even though she couldn't use her body in, in certain ways. And, and for me, being in the fitness industry, when I went through my yoga teacher training program, which is a 200-hour program, I started to learn about all of these things that yoga provides, such as Effectiveness between the frontal lobe, which is the part of our brain that handles think critical thinking and executive function, and then our amygdala, which is our emotions and I started to learn the science and the medical benefits of yoga, and I I, tied it, I, I, I realized that it's been really within me all my life from past, that was passed down from my mom. And, and so that ignited a passion in me. It ignited a passion in me to take everything that I've learned in the business industry of fitness and apply it to this amazing opportunity to bring yoga to the masses. I'd love to see and honor yoga on every studio, on every corner, in, instead of a CVS pharmacy so that people are going and they're getting you know, their, their fix through meditation, yoga, breathing, pranayama, um, which we know can provide great health benefits instead of you know, their, their prescription medication. So it really is born out of this passion to um, want to give to others what I've seen in my mom and what I've seen for myself. So thank you for asking the question. It makes it gets me really excited to share.
2: Oh, Marie, I, I love that answer. Wait, let me follow up real quick, Fred, because I have a really important question. When you talked about the combination, if you will, of, of the two different functions of the brain, are you kind of looking at um, the, the, the primal basal, basal um, what would it be, emotional spot, the subconscious perhaps, uh, yeah, with the, the more mm-hmm. conscious, yeah, with the mm-hmm. conscious, uh, rational uh, part of the brain. And and you're integrating that fully into uh, the one being, correct? Is that yeah, kind of yeah, what you're saying?
4: Ex- exactly. So let's think about this, right, this critical thinking, this executive function, the frontal lobe, exactly. And then you've got the amygdala, as you said, right, the emotions. And so what happens is, is that, you know, when – When we don't have a lot of space between the two, they react with one another. And we can get easily angry or um, make, you know, business decisions on emotions or, you know, do things like take a gun and go to school and and shoot, shoot, you know, horrible things that we see in our society today. So the actual practice of meditation, what it does is it creates more synergy and, you know, um, space between the stimulus and the response. So it creates a healthier neural pathway between the two so we can have more space and it splits, splits the seconds, right? It's just, just seconds of space, which allow us to make decisions in a more efficient and effective manner. So when we meditate or when we practice mantra and mantra, the word mantra comes from the oldest language Sanskrit, which means manes, which is mind and trace, which means to set free. So when we when you know, when we repeat these positive affirmations or these mantras, we are setting free, kind of, and rebuilding positive pathways in our brain. You know, and releasing negative pathways in our brain. So, you now these are all, are are some of the things that are happening when we're practicing meditation and practicing yoga. Um, and it makes executives more efficient. It makes children, you know, more calm. It makes us as adults rationalize and communicate better with one another it synergizes teams and that's what because there's an actual scientific thing that's happening you know when we when we practice these methodologies of yoga meditation yeah yeah oh
2: thank you for sharing that with us
1: okay so I, i always like to put i always like to put basil in my um, spaghetti sauce because they, I but I was think that was a spice I didn't realize it's brain but that's not my oh there we go we got the first one of the day folks we got the first flip off of the day from Holly yes only 15 minutes in so we're rocking here we'll see how many we can score this uh, day so my question actually is back to my my normal question is about breathing. Obviously, breathing is critical. If you're not doing that, you're kind of dead. Um, But so I've learned in my cardiac rehab that I could literally, when I'm on a treadmill, um, I could literally slow my heart rate back down by just changing the way I was breathing. Any tips on better breathing you can give us?
4: So we get yes. So there's all different kinds of breathing, and in yoga we call that pranayama. And so let's say for example, you're having a, a heat flash, a hot flash as a woman. You're menopausal and you're having a hot flash. You can actually stick out your tongue, and if you can, and I know you're all doing it now, right? You're sticking out your tongue, and you can curl your tongue, and and then try to breathe through a curled tongue. And if you take in your breath through that curled tongue you are actually cooling down your body and you could mitigate the effects of a, of a, of a hot flash. And that's called shatali breath. Now, I'll give you another example. If you um, had a big meal and maybe you have a little bit of indigestion, um, you could do what's called breath of fire where you're actually pumping your abdominal muscles, your belly button. If you look down at your belly button, you put your finger on your belly button, push your belly button in and then push it out Towards your finger and do that really quickly with your breathing in and out, in and out, in and out, and you're stimulating your digestive system and all your gastric, you know, juices and so on. So, you know, different breathing, like like you said, Fred, in cardiac rehab, they probably had you just focus on, you know, ujjayi or deep breathing in and long breath out is really oxygenating your your blood and having you slow down your heart rate. So, different breathing techniques can be used for you know, different, you know, different things that I just described. It's kind of cool and fun. Oh,
1: uh, the only the only thing wrong with your statement was they didn't teach me squat about breathing. I just kind of figured it out. <laughs> Everything else I got to agree <laughs> with. You and I need
4: to hang <laughs> yeah. out. We the have to hang out. Seven a half, hour, the, so.
1: That's you fine. That to can be arranged. Fix him, Maria. him, yes. Uh, They said, get up and walk the treadmill until you collapse. Well, no, the one day I actually (laughs) did push it. They yelled at me. But um, no, it's just kind of one of those things. So I started deep breathing and I watched the meter go down and I went, hmm, that works. But other than that, yeah. So we will hang out more. Ray, take a question before I make another smart ass comment.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I will. No, but I don't you... know if everybody heard me, but you know, you kind of learn how to breathe uh, when the doctor hits you on the butt when you're coming out. You know, so that's kind of a natural thing. But one of the things that crossed my mind is uh, when I was in college another century ago. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, last uh,
1: millennia.
3: I, I yeah. <laughs> I practiced <laughs> uh, transcendental meditation at that time, and uh, yeah, it sounds yeah. like this is kind of related to yoga. Is that is that true?
4: That's right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, that transcendental meditation is the form of meditation. There's all different kinds, whether it's sound or, or mindfulness. And, yeah, so I, we'll have talk. I'm excited to hear about your transcendental meditation experience. That sounds intriguing.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you right now, you know, college was kind of rough uh, from the standpoint of uh, tension. And I I know when I would uh, meditate, I could feel the tension just shooting out of the top of my head going straight Mm up it was interesting Mm -hmm. it was interesting it it, it really worked but uh since that time I have not done that but uh uh, I attempted a yoga class but I think I walked in the wrong room because uh uh, when I walked in was like 86 degrees in there and the humidity was 110 percent and uh I walked right back out again because (laughs) I couldn't stand the, the, the heat but uh Being a uh, a senior citizen, what do you recommend for senior citizens who have a background in and TM?
4: Great question. And you know, I just want to address that comment that you made: how you walked into a yoga class and it was eighty-six degrees and humidity was one hundred ten. You know, most of the yoga here in the U.S. is is heated or Bikram, and it's kind of go fast, go hard, go in the heat. And it's real. You know, a lot of millennials in twenty. 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, they like that, that's, that's, that's mm. cool. And that's not what Honor Yoga is. You know, we're mostly 30s, 40 50 and plus a lot of seniors in our brand. we made a conscious effort not to do hot yoga, um, you know, for, for that reason. And so you, you are our market. You know, you are the person who we strive to appeal to. And what we do for, you know, the Actively Aging is we offer chair yoga, which is an amazing experience where you get the benefit of yoga and the stability of a chair. We offer gentle, which is done all on the floor because just the idea of getting on the floor and getting up off the floor for some people, that's really difficult. And so there's a gentle class, which is yeah Right. And so the gentle class is done just all on the floor. So you're getting all of the benefits of improved flexibility, joint and ligament mobility with, with, Without, so you can pick up your grandkids without that stress of oh my god I have to get up and down off the floor, Um, and then you know restorative yoga where you're actually holding poses for eight minutes. You're you know in a you're lying on the floor you're in a pose for eight minutes, and that's truly more um, of the parasympathetic nervous system work that we do and the release of cortisol, Um, and it's kind of equivalent to getting three hours of sleep when you take a restorative yoga class. Um, to energize Mm -hmm. you so you know ray for you those three classes is what i would recommend if you were to walk into an honor yoga studio chair restorative and and gentle and you would just feel accomplished you know and that's an important word Mm -hmm. feeling accomplished and rejuvenated wow
3: that sounds cool
4: so when when are you coming when are you coming to princeton and to visit me (laughs) <laughs> well,
1: no, th- that's the wrong question. The question is, is but we'll ask the the correct question in a moment. Ah, yes, I know. We'll, I
4: know. Yes. Well, yes. time
1: time I for a commercial. You know. um, we want to thank Lincoln. Let link local network for broadcasting our show uh you can call in and ask questions when the time comes at 323-580-5755 that's 323-580-5755 and for all the people that are hanging out on the website listening hit the chat button and we'll ask your questions and now a word from one of our sponsors
5: hey franchise owners how is your local marketing do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence,
1: And we're back. Thanks, Michelle. So the correct question, Maria, is how much does an Honor Yoga franchise co- cost? So that way Ray can just buy one and go to classes for free. Ooh, I like that.
4: Right. Right. Thank you, Fred, for keeping me on my toes. Absolutely. So it's 225 to 280 um, with That includes working capital, your franchise fee, every, all the costs to ha- – basically established a successful honor yoga
1: studio. Mm. See, Ray, the money you save from not buying the new party bus, you could buy four honor yoga studios for that.
3: (laughs) That's right. I could. Wow. Or I could buy a party bus and have an on-the-road yoga class. Oh,
1: have you guys done that, Maria? Have you had, like, a mobile honor yoga franchise?
4: Oh, I You'll never know what's about to happen maybe sometime later this year. So.
1: Ooh, go ahead, Holly. I know you're dying to ask a question. Ooh,
2: I got another yeah, one, folks. I do, I've got a good one. I have a really good question. Um, That's two Maria, fingers. When did you start? Uh, Honor Yoga. What year did you start, you know, the, uh, franchising this business? How many units do you have, and what are your goals um, over the next year in expanding um, what I would almost call um, an impact franchise? I mean, you're making an impact on communities nationwide.
1: That's three questions, Holly. Yeah. One. Great.
2: Yeah, you so we stop counting. There. Here you go, Fred. <laughs> I got yeah, that's my third good.
1: finger of the day. <laughs>
2: We opened
4: up our our flagship location in 2013, March of 2013. The next year, we opened up three more. We started franchising in early 2016, so it's been about two and a half years um, that we've been franchising. We wanted to spend—I really wanted to spend some time perfecting the model over over the course of the first couple of years before we started franchising, and um, a little anal about support and all that. So, so that's what we did, and then. As we stand today, I am excited to say, as of this morning, we are in eight states throughout the U.S. We have 39 units with 27 franchisees. Our goal is to open a minimum of 30 to 50 per year and to um, move into international expansion in 2021. That's fantastic. What,
2: what what kind of numbers are you looking at right now um, to be open this year,
4: Maria? So we have currently have ten studios open. We will be at twenty two by the end of this year.
2: Oh, fantastic! Great. That was my very important question. And and Maria, how do, you, um, you know, how do you look at, at at possible candidates for this? What what are what are your your buyers. What are your franchisees like? What, what, um, what kind of traits do they share? And um, oh, what, what question. is your training like for them?
4: <laughs> Did she steal your question, Fred? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was going to ask
1: you about it's, culture. It's, so, it's
4: yeah, fun. and that's a, that's so important, really, is to any organization and making sure that the people that you have align with the organization. So. You, you mentioned the word impact business before, Holly. So you, that's who we are. And we are looking for candidates who want to make an impact, candidates who believe in in purpose first. And we are the only uh, yoga franchise out there that has a 501c3 nonprofit foundation that's tied to our brand. So they believe in purpose first. They believe in people. And I, when I say people, I mean both the community and the and the, the, the community they serve, as well as their staff. And we have a very kind of clear trajectory of how to elevate staff, instructors within the community, and that they believe in and they want profit because we need to be profitable, we need to be sustainable, that they want to understand the KPIs that drive the business. Uh, you know, I always say that you need to be a balance of a Buddha and a badass, right, to make this business work because you, you, you well, do. Like you need both sides. <laughs> You, you I, feel I'm that writing one.
2: that down. Buddha meets badass. There we go. <laughs> I Wouldn't right.
1: that make it a Buddha ass?
2: <laughs> no, Fred. It's a it's a badass. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that, sounds, that
3: sounds too much like a mayor in Indiana. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a, yeah. Okay. Stop.
1: <laughs>
0: well, since she but, took
1: my culture. Question, um, ah, wow, now I'm lost. So I want to ask about you said a five hundred one c three. One of the the fourth pillar of uh, success in franchising is giving back to the community. So uh, tell us more about the five hundred one c three.
4: Yeah, the that was be my Foundation question. Are, <laughs> we're all aligned. Your brainwaves are already thinking together. Uh, so the five hundred one c three nonprofit is called the Honor Yoga Foundation, and they fundraise specifically with the studios and outside the studios and they provide grants to the studios. So I'll give you some examples uh, that are that have actually occurred. Um, do you remember the, the, the shooting in the yoga studio in Tallahassee, Florida uh-huh. that occurred? Yeah. Probably Yeah. so we our franchisee in Florida wanted to uh, bring a trauma expert, to that yoga community so the honor so she wrote the honor yoga foundation and they provided a grant to her which she provided uh, to the honor yoga uh, to the sorry the studio in tallahassee not an honor yoga and um she flew down a trauma specialist who had gotten the community together both the instructors and employees as well as the members that were present during that shooting now this was three months after the shooting they had not been together at all since that shooting occurred and this trauma specialist that was sponsored by the Honor Yoga Foundation took them through a day of healing and tears. And they were so moved and so grateful because they felt that until that session occurred, they never thought that they could go back into a yoga studio. They felt a lot of anxiety any time they were in any kind of, you know, public environment. Another example I would give you is um, in New Jersey, we had an Honor Yoga Studio owner who had a student who was attending class, and this student um, came into class and told the student next to them, I just killed someone this morning and buried their body in my backyard. And so there was kind of chaos that broke loose. And, and, um, and so come to find out this particular student who made that statement was schizophrenic, which happens to be a legitimate thing that can come out of a schizophrenic's mouth. So, you know, the studio owner, knowing that Honor Yoga is inclusive, we don't want to turn away anyone, especially someone who has schizophrenia. We want to be able to be a resource for them. So she wrote to the Honor Yoga Foundation, and they provided her grants to be able to give this schizophrenic student private yoga sessions, one-on-one uh, with an instructor so that the community wasn't exposed to him and felt unsafe and he was able to achieve, you know, the goals of his practice um, to alleviate some of the symptoms of schizophrenia. So, you know, that to me is so it's such like, such great work and that's what the honor yoga foundation provides is there a support system for the studios to bring yoga to those who need it most in their community.
1: That's awesome. And offline if you're willing to answer yeah. more questions, you just made it into the Pillars of Franchising Adventures and Franchising Fun book that Ray, Holly, and I are going to be writing or have started writing as part of the fourth pillar. How's that?
0: Hmm. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Definitely, Absolutely. Maria. Holly, I think you're next with a multi question question. <laughs>
2: oh, you're so cute. Ray said one. one. Miles, and yeah, I get one. Okay. All right, Maria. Um, Let's get a good one just to make them mad. Uh, what can we come up with here? <laughs> I'll you. I know I've got a good one. Maria, um, so you, you obviously have a successful career. Um, again, some of the things we talked about at the beginning of the show. You have um, also a family and, you know, obviously a social life. You, you have really integrated all aspects of your life to be a success you know, uh, across all of these, all of these areas. So how do you do that? How do you balance your time? How do you establish a good, um, Brett, are you listening? Work-life I'm balance. Also. <laughs> how, how do you do that, Maria? Can you help uh, some of our audience to, to understand how you were able to juggle so many things and be so successful?
4: Sure. I mean, I, I'm a kind of a self-help geek and I like to, Take all kinds of courses, whether it's strength finders and or uh, five dysfunctions of the team, and read a lot. But probably one of the most impactful courses that I that I took is the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read the book, and then I went on to become a facilitator and teach it. And one of the things that Dr. Stephen Covey taught me in that course is that we all have roles in life. Whether you're uh, a sister, a brother, a son, a daughter, um, a manager a franchise owner, a franchisee. And so if you want to truly have kind of balance in your life and purpose, start with your life mission. You know, if 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 you were to be present at your funeral and someone were talking about you, what would you want them to say about you and how you lived your life? And it starts with that. It starts with that mission statement. And what do you want to be known for? And what what is that life mission? And then from there, on a weekly basis, write down your roles in your life, What the ones that I just mentioned, brother, mother, father, sister, franchise owner. Write down the roles and write down what is the most important thing you can accomplish that week, that month, that year in that role. And I do that. I still do that. I, you know, I think about my role as a mom and each of my daughters, and I treat them separately and think about what, what what am I going to accomplish with them this week? Maybe it's just taking them to a movie or reading a book with them. Um, and and then when we do that, we, we feel well-rounded. We feel accomplished. We feel that we're not letting go of one thing and just focusing on something else. And when the weeks go by and the months go by and the years go by, we can feel really accomplished with what we do. So, and I, I take that to with my with my staff as well. They don't really have a nine to five job. They don't have a schedule. You know, if they want to get up in the middle of the day and go take a bath, they can go do it. And so, it, we have this culture and honor where everything is is integrated. We have a you know we have guy and balls and treadmill desks and meditation stations in our office. So, you know, that's important. Take time to know when you need to renew yourself and sharpen your saw, and that's a Stephen Covey term as well, you'll be able to to saw down that tree with a lot more efficiency and effectiveness if you have a sharp saw. So take five minutes, sharpen your dull saw so that you can be more effective in, in your life. So thank you for asking that question. It's a really good one.
2: It's
4: wonderful advice. Thank you so much.
1: So one of our taggers. callers, yeah. one, or, sorry, one of our um uh, one of our people on the website wanted to get clarification of how many current franchise locations do you have and how many will you have open by the end of the year?
0: Ten, twenty-two, so we, right?
4: Cor- correct. So we have 38 units that have been allocated, representing currently 27 franchisees. We have 10 studios that are currently open, and depending on timing, 12 to 15 more that will open up by the end of the year.
1: Okay, so you'll have about 50 potentially by the end of the year. Most of them are already signed. Yes? No?
4: No. We have 38 units in development, 27 franchisees, 10 10, 10 units open, and 12 to 15 more opening this year.
3: Okay. So
4: that's that how you're going
1: to – yeah, I think so.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by that, the end of the year, we'll be at approximately 22 to 25 units that are open. In
1: okay. Total. And then mm-hmm. next year, you're wanting to add 30 to 50 a year.
4: Correct. Open. Correct.
1: Okay. Hopefully that mm-hmm. answers the question for the chat person there. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Okay. That's pretty good, well- Great.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: i have a question go for it ray my friend well i can make some assumptions uh, about all we talked about about honor yoga but in the back of my mind i'm wondering how did we come up with the name honor yoga
4: I was on a call today ray did you ask that question is that yeah. Ray that asked that question? Ray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ray, Rated. I was in a call, was on a call today. I do a it's called a call Chief Yogini call, which is part of our sales process and onboarding process and awarding process. And someone asked that question just like an hour and a half ago. And so um it's it's a hot topic for sure. So when because I came from the fitness background, you know, generally it's kind of a push, go hard, work out, um, you know, There's no pain, no gain mentality. Uh, when When I was going through the different names with one of our creative people, the word honor jumped out at me right away because it really represents the idea of honoring your mind, honoring your body, honoring yourself, honoring your community, honoring one another. So it really me, represented the holistic aspect of the services and products and programs that I wanted to offer in a brand.
3: Awesome.
1: awesome. So um, yeah. my question is this. Uh, so our listenership's about 40% female. Um, the statistics that I've seen show women uh, franchise ownership is around 30 point, I think it was 6%. Um, What's it been like being a woman in a majority male uh, field?
4: So it's been fun. (laughs) You know, it's it's been fun. But um, it, it certainly has built a lot of grit. And I think that being a woman in a male dominated industry has really shaped me to be the person that I am. Certainly been met with, you know, some adversity, some challenges, some discrimination, all of that. But, you know, it really makes you stronger and it makes you hone in on your craft and be better at who you are. And I'm really grateful for that ability to be able to sit to here today and, and share, you know, my story with other women out there you know, to say that, you know, you just keep, keep focus on your mission, keep doing what you do. Um, be compassionate for people who, you know, are not on your team and build your team, you know, choose people who choose you. And that's my biggest thing is I've chosen people who've, who've chosen me, men and women, but certainly it's been, it's, it's had its challenging moments, but I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't change anything. It's been a, a great ride.
1: Okay, so now you killed off the Addison question because you already answered it. So <laughs> I can't ask that one. Huh? <laughs> oh,
2: <well. laughs> uh, okay. It's a good one, though. Addison is his granddaughter, and um, for those of you that are new joining us on Pillars this week, and uh, he he has uh, everything he's building right now is for that girl. So so you are a tremendous mentor. Her
4: and and all of our children, Maria. Thank you so much, Holly and uh, Fred. My daughter's name is Addison, so that name has a really? special, oh, yeah, special ring in my heart. Yeah.
1: Are right, were you a Cubs fan?
4: <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, I was that, was always was
1: a, her dad's a Cubs fan, <laughs> and and I always say, was this because it was the Cubs Wrigley Field is on Addison, and they tell me no, so. I won't say it's not, but I still have my suspicions and I know she's not listening (laughs) today because she's teaching. So how old's your daughter? I got to ask.
4: She is 10 years old. And how old is Uh, your Addison?
1: 18 months. And she walks and, and she took her first header out of the crib the other day and scared the living crap out of my daughter. But my daughter and, (laughs) and her husband handled it really well. They're phenomenal parents. So yeah, she she makes dad grandpa's uh heart go pity pat. She will inherit the chair of Pillars of Franchising and and West Vine from me. Oh, never mind, sorry. Uh,
4: we dedicate the show to the Addisons in our lives
1: then. A5, I always dedicate the show to my Addison, so yeah, it's all good. Although she's gonna have a brother or a sister in late June, early July, so we'll 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 see which it is. I don't care which, as long as they're healthy. So, Holly, you got another question? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, no, I don't really. Maria, um, I, I do. I'll do one kind of closing thought, actually, more of a comment. Um, you know, you you posted something just recently that I saw about the the huge amount of money and um, interest into yoga. It has become, you know, obviously much more mainstream than it was a few years ago. And and why do you think that shift is occurring? So I guess it is a, it is a question after a comment. So there you go. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, and I think I think that the answer is somewhat intuitive for all of us, right? We are we are more connected with mobile and technology, yet we're we're more disconnected than we've ever been, you know, as a society in lots of ways. And um, we can tell by the things that are happening that people are seeking connection, and there's there's more disconnection. So I think that, that um, you know, for me, I'm as a parent, I'm looking, you know, instead of taking my kid out to, you know, a, a particular birthday party and loading them up with sugar, you know, we're looking for ways to really um, live a more holistic, wholesome life and to be connected with one another. And so I think that as a society we are yearning for that. Um, we're also learning to get to know the mind a bit more. We know more about our bodies, but we know the least about the brain and um, really fitness for the brain as well. And so I think we're going to see this big shift in, in how our society is approaching respect for the brain as well as the connection that we have with one another. We just want to be more comfortable and connected. And I, I say comfortable, too. Blue jean sales are down. Yoga pant sales are up you know it's a 16 billion dollar industry and i'm excited to be to be in it it's a lot of fun and it's it's good for mankind
1: okay ray you'll get the last question but not just yet because i know once you get the last question what happens so my last question is so i got another 15 pounds i want to lose and actually the doctor doesn't tell me i have to but i want to any ideas on dropping weight
4: sure so let's, what what I think you should do is just be more mindful. When you eat, just be more present. You know, look at the food and honor it and say, is what I'm about to put in my body serving me? Am I putting in too much? And just be present with the process. I think sometimes we, because we want to lose the weight, we look at food as the enemy and instead of, uh, you know, unifying with it. So, so start there, the mental shift, and educate yourself on what's, healthy and not you know if we if you don't know that a donut is probably not as good as an apple then we probably need to start there but i think um, most of us have a, a pretty good idea and if not educate yourselves. so those would be my two recommendations there is no secret you know out there secret diet that i recommend other than being present my daughters for example you know i don't allow them to be on their phones when they eat and they you know if i come down and i see them doing that it's oh my gosh mommy's gonna take my phone away for a period of time because i want them to be present with that food and to be mindful of what they're putting into their bodies so and think of also one-third air one-third food and one-third water when you eat so we have a tendency to overeat in the u.s and if you think of it like i want my belly to be give it some space which is the one-third air give it some liquid which is the one-third water and give it some some nutritious food then we we will tend not to overstuff ourselves when we eat. So that's my advice to you. I hope it's helpful, Fred.
1: Well, I will say donuts are pre-December 1st, 2018 food. (laughs) Uh, They're bad for Fred, so Fred doesn't eat them. Ray, you got the last question here.
3: Bring it on. Well, first of all, all, I want to say mindfulness seems to be the new buzzword today. I, I hear it from a lot of different places and not just the franchise community, but it seems to be uh, uh, out there. Uh, so, yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, is always a question uh, on our show is basically people are fearful of opening up, uh, going into the business themselves, and fearful of opening up a a franchise. So, uh, what can you say to our studio audience to uh, alleviate some of those fears and how do we get a hold of you? If someone's interested in one of, your, one of your which uh, well, they were
2: good ones, re, Fred. Yeah, but know, know, they're, they're
3: related. They're related, you know. So, you know, basically, uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to tell us how easy it is to to open one of your franchises, and then uh, how do how do we do that? How do we get a hold of you?
4: Sure. Yeah. So. So. Uh, Quickly, you know, Dr. Nassim, Dr. Patrosis did this thing called stages of change and what moves people to either start something or stop something. And you know, they categorize them in these stages through contemplation all the way down to action, which is you know what you're saying, right, opening up your own business is how how do we get people to do that? Well, there's two things that they determine move people through those stages. And they are number one, education. So educate yourself on the franchise you know do you you align with them do you believe in their culture you know ask the questions how do you help me train how do you help me hire a good franchise system will have all those answers you know so educating yourself and then the second thing that they say moves people to make to take action with decisions in their life is a significant emotional experience and that means the business that you are going to go into, you have to believe in, a, in 100%. You have to know that every day when you get up, you, whether you're semi-absentee or you're owner-operated, that it is part of your life mission, what we talked about before. So uh, in terms of Honor Yoga, any good franchise like Honor Yoga System will have all the answers. They're going to help you train your staff. They're going to know how to measure KPIs, how to make sure that you're optimizing them to help you hire, to help train your staff. And those are all things that we do, but any good franchise system does. So education and be passionate about what you're doing. You get a hold of me really easy. I'm on LinkedIn or Maria, my first name at honoryoga.com, And I look forward to, um, to getting to know everyone on the call. Reach out.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Um,
4: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Like I said,
4: if you want to, you're in the book. (laughs) All
1: right, folks. Uh, Holly, since you did a wonderful job last time, who's our next guest?
2: Okay, Fred, the next guest. Wait, come out. Sorry. Price is right.
1: Come out. Sorry. My bad. I forgot. Uh, We got to pay the bills, so just want to tell the people hanging out on the website, you can continue to ask questions. We love hearing from you, Um, and it always kind of freaks me out when I hear the beep in my headsets with people having questions, but that's okay. Uh, You can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And for the callers that are dialed in, if you hear me ask, what's your area code, let me know. And now, ooh, I lost our commercial because I thought she was going to say the magic word. And then, so I was right there, but then she didn't. So I didn't have to play that. So this, before we go into our commercial, is for Holly. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly.
0: <laughs> and
1: um, I did get a notice on my oh, phone. Oh, I love that you in- again. I did notice on my phone that Cincinnati is having flood warnings. Um, so now a word from but another sponsor. I'm not
2: sponsor.
1: there. <laughs> I know.
6: Are you thinking about opening a business? Whether you're in transition from a corporate job, looking to generate investment income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire, come to the Great American Franchise Expo and explore your options. Meet face-to-face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions, and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. The Great American Franchise Expo coming to a city near you in 2019. Check our website for schedules.
1: Thanks, Abel. They the, the just finished the uh, franchise, uh, Great American Franchise Expo in Atlanta. I think it was last weekend. The next one coming up is in Jacksonville at the Prime Osborne Convention Center, September 7th to 8th. And you can learn more at franexpousa.com. Now,
2: Holly... Back to your intro. All right. Great, Amanda, It's so nice to have you on the show. Amanda has a fantastic background. Um, and there's some diversity in that too, that she may share with us later on and where she uh, kind of began her career in two thousand um, and three. Uh, um in recent years or many, many years now, so eight years, I believe, um, she is an owner of Massage Envy, massage and I think you have, how many units do you have now, Amanda? Four. 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 Oh, I'm so sorry. You have did you four say Massage Envy. I did say 15. <laughs> Well, that's what's coming in the future, right? There we go. Um, But but Amanda has been very, very successful in her business, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to you sharing with us kind of some of the reasons you began um, franchising in the first place, and then, of course, why you chose to do multi-units and and how that economy of scale has really, um, you know, helped helped to grow your, your career, if you will.
1: But first, tell us your last name, because Holly forgot to ask. give your last name, where you are, and what's the weather like, because
2: this
7: is
1: Pillars of Weather. <laughs>
7: That's your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Amanda Tokas, and I'm, I'm here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's been raining for months. month. Uh, yesterday was 55, and today it's 80 and sunny, so I'm, I'm very pleased with the weather today. Um But yeah, to answer your question, I, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, be open my own business. I've always had that entrepreneurship, you know, inside of me. Uh, But I had, as you saw in my resume, I had actually worked in law enforcement for for quite a while. And um, because I had been in it for quite some time, I actually could have retired at 50. So I started looking at things, you know, in my late 30s and, uh, you know, thinking about the future, you know, could I potentially open up a business when I retire? I mean, 50 still young, right? You know, what am I going to do? So, um, you know, I wasn't extremely serious about it. And, and honestly, I was in Chicago and uh, I kept hearing about massage envy. And I mean, who doesn't like massages? So I was curious because I'd never heard of it. And I just, I was I had some downtime was doing some research and you know, so I became very curious if there was any in Indiana uh, or in Fort Wayne in particular. And there were not at the time there were only five in Indiana. And so I was kind of disappointed. Um, and honestly, you know, after that for like, I, I actually found out I was uh, expecting for the first time that very same day. Cause I, and I literally, it's like why, why I remember all this to <laughs> the same, cause it was a very important day for me. Very exciting. I, I learned that I was pregnant and I learned about massage therapy, right? So, <laughs> I literally, literally I, I had researched it on and off throughout the year, just more out of curiosity. I'm always, I'm always thinking in the future, what am I going to do, um, you know, and, and trying to come up with ideas, you know, uh, for business ownership. And I had taken lots of classes. In addition, I have a master's degree in business management, um, but trying to figure out how I was going to set up this business and figured I had, you know, 10 years to figure it out. So I get home after having my daughter. So you know, nine months, ten months, fast forward, and I check the mail, and there's a postcard from the uh, from the regional developer, and she's looking to expand in the Fort Wayne market. So uh, you know, of course, it's uh, a sign. I had to I had to take my uh, my four-day-old baby to this event and uh, and and hear uh, hear what she had to offer and. Um, I was, you know, definitely interested in the concept. The model uh, was just incredible. And, um, and then subsequent to that, continued to do more research and uh, eventually, I think, eventually bought our first license, uh, I think it was about four months later, maybe five months later, uh, and then opened up our location uh, about 10 months after that. But, you know, Holly, I, uh, my plans yeah. were to just open the one and keep working until I turned 50 uh, because I was <laughs> actually I, – I was only 30, 39 at the time. And so I thought I was going to get this in place and then retire and, and have this, uh, this business to kind of – you know, I could be mostly absentee owner. But through the process, uh, you know, the more we learned about it, um, the more that corporate really wanted someone to be there full time for it to be successful. And it just ended up making sense for us, um, for me to go ahead and and make that change in my career. Um, Wasn't the original plan. You know, I had my whole life planned out. But honestly, it it was such a great choice uh, to have made that because unless you really, unless you are there in your business, understanding it, being a part of it, you know, and, and a part of every aspect, you know, from, you know, from the beginning stages of, you know, you know, going through the FDD to, you know, doing your build out and hiring your people and doing the training. It's just, you're, you're not going to get that if you hire someone, you know, uh, to come in and, and run your business. Right. And, and if that's no offense to that, there are a lot of franchises where you can do, you know, total absenteeism. Um, you know, it, but for what I wanted to do and the type of business this was, uh, with more of a sophisticated retail i I think it was important that I'd be a part of that um, and mm-hmm. so uh, so we just had one license then though it was just one baby, <laughs> so there was no plan to 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 have more <laughs> initially so um, so it was you know someone had asked me what was what was the most surprising thing. I, honestly, if you'd asked me ten years ago, would I have four massage MVs, I would have laughed. Um, no, I couldn't have even imagined it, but, you know, they are scalable, and, you know, once you get in and you, you understand the model, um, you know, and I'm not going to say that it hasn't been some times that were, you know, challenging, but what I have learned, you know, over the years, you know, going from one to two to three to four has been, you know, incredible.
1: Is that the same as going one to two to three to four kids? Did you have one kid for every massage envy you pick up, or
7: no, uh, no. no? I had to okay. stop after one. I couldn't. I had too many businesses. Okay,
1: <laughs> just was kind of curious there if if the the number of massage envy licenses went up was with the as, so did the kids. But okay, Ray,
7: go for No, it. oh good lord, no, no. I I, <laughs> I you know I have a lot of respect for for women who have multiple children and multiple businesses. It's a lot of work, but. Um, no, just one t- one daughter.
3: <laughs> yeah, we we have a franchisee, uh, Kristen, who's uh, uh, got a full family and the equivalent what about three franchises now. Uh, she's doing a fantastic yeah. job, and I don't know how she does it, raising children and running a franchise. Wow. It's, yeah. But I, I do I I can equate a little bit with uh, uh, with you uh, in that. Uh, uh, it's it's interesting uh, when I opened up my franchise and I have a Molly Made franchise and I am uh, I feel like I'm deeply involved in it because I love it I love the franchise of, of Molly Maid and and the people at the corporate uh, and uh, anyway I just want to kind of go back a little bit to when I first started the business and I want to see if you have uh, maybe experienced something similar. Uh, we had a phone call uh, before we had. We used to get some crank phone calls uh, from people, and uh, this is before we started recording. Once we started recording phone calls, that, that kind of went away. But they, uh, they, you know, just wanted to set up service with us, and they uh, at, at the end of the uh, phone conversation, he said, "What will the maids be wearing?"
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> and
0: and
3: uh, at that at that point we said, well, we, we don't think we're the service for you, sir, uh, and we, you know, politely hung up. I was wondering if you have experienced anything uh, uh, similar to that.
7: Well, yes, be- be- being in the massage industry, unfortunately, you know, despite. Um, you know, the legitimacy, it being so legitimate and there being so many wonderful health benefits of it and our, our therapists all being licensed and having spent a significant amount of time and money in school uh, and massage is certainly nothing new. Unfortunately, you know, we do get those phone calls. Um, we do have procedures in place. I would say that they're minimal compared to probably other uh, businesses because I think we have such a great reputation. Um, we also are known for just zero tolerance as well as me, my, my reputation. I think it, you know, I generally, if we have a situation like that, uh, I have it escalated to me. I like to handle it because I want to put a stop to it right away. Because think it's disrespectful, obviously, to my employees and, and the brand and, and the profession. But um, I would say out of four locations, it's pretty minimal. Uh, you know, That's but good. I think we do a good, good. job. We do a good job of leveraging that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you have to uh, right from the beginning.
7: Yeah. But, uh, no,
3: one, absolutely. One of the, one of the uh, great things about having a good franchise is you begin to enjoy what you're doing, and and I and I can tell from your uh, our conversation that you really enjoy what you're doing.
7: Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, my biggest enjoyment over the years has mostly been developing, um, you know, my leaders within my company, and just seeing them grow and and um, and do things that they didn't think that they were possible doing. And I'm just I'm a firm believer that if you if you invest your time into your employees, they'll take care of your customers. Because I can't take care of everybody. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely I uh, have enjoyed my employees.
3: Yep.
1: Okay, so i'm gonna go with the straight question and not come up with a smart ass comment on that um so <laughs> thank you yeah well, um, so you hit a topic that um is is i guess near and dear to my heart um and it's it's the in my mind the greatest uh, cure mankind's ever found for insomnia the f d d the franchise disclosure doc which long-time listeners will know, is a favorite boring topic of mine. So
0: <laughs>
1: w- what are the f- top three items you would recommend to a, f- a potential franchisee that they read first? And please don't say all of them because that's a lawyer answer.
7: <laughs> no, you should read it from the, from the very first word to the end in one hour. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know – I think uh, you know I'm the kind of person I believe in. I, I have a most people that are looking to buy something, particularly even a business. They have a budget, and uh, it doesn't nobody wants to waste a lot of time. There's you know 3,000 franchise concepts, so you know you want to make sure it's within your budget first. So I would say item seven, uh, definitely knowing what that initial investment's going to be. Um, one to see if that's something that you can even do. I mean, you may be really passionate about something, but uh, if you don't have the funding for it, it's going to be a nice. waste of time to really get, go down that road. Um, but also, you know, I think it's important to um, to, to know that because I, I think a lot of people underestimate the amount of capital that needs to, to go into the business initially. You know, they're hoping – and they may have some projections, and they're going exactly by those projections. And so – um, and so that would I, I would say segue into item 20, which is you know out, outlets and uh, franchisee information. So being able, assuming there are other units that are open, which I would recommend that, but assuming that there are, are other ones that are open, I and mean, having the ability to go out and talk with other yeah. franchisees especially if they're in your market, because you're going to have a better idea of cost. Um, obviously, if you're, you know, doing a, a build-out in Los Angeles versus Indiana, I mean, the costs are going to be hugely different, um, you know, so you've always got to take that into consideration when you're doing your due diligence. Um, but I think that there's a lot of value to being, yeah, you have to go out and talk to other franchisees because, unfortunately, you know, the franchisor cannot give you specific information and guarantee you um, certain things, I and mean, they give you a range, and um, but sometimes that range can be, you know, several hundred thousand dollars difference, um, and that may, make, you know, may completely keep you from moving in that direction towards that franchise. And then I would say, um, well, they're, they're all important. Uh, I would say item 11. Um, I think it's really important to understand Um, the franchisor's obligations and what they're going to provide for you as a franchisee. If, if, if they are not a committed franchisor, if, if they really truly aren't there trying to be there for their franchisees, they're not going to have a developed training program. They're not going to have systems in place. And and that to me is a red flag. Um, You know, you, 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 Clearly not going to have them with you all along, but you've got to have a solid foundation initially to make sure that, that your startup is amazing and that you have all your answers and you have that support. It's so, so important, especially if you've never been a business owner before. So I think really knowing what their obligations are, you know, and, and that team there at the, at the you know, the um, corporate office, what do they have there for you? What are they going to provide you with as a new business oh. owner?
1: Okay, so then my follow-up question, then I'll let Holly jump one, is your number two one is item 20, and you said um, you need to talk to the other franchisees. Did Ray pay you to say that?
0: <laughs> not yet. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> I, I,
1: I'm always kind of curious because that's part of Ray's <laughs> rules.
2: Go ahead, Holly. I love it. Amanda, that, that um, the fact that you have you know four units, could you tell us a little bit about um, how you increased your numbers? You know how, well you know what what were your what were your benchmarks or your KPIs that made you feel okay? Now it's time to buy number two, number three, number four. Can you share that with our with our audience?
7: Well, it's a little bit different for us. I will tell you that initially uh, when, we, when we chose to buy two more licenses, um, it, it was because there was a really good deal happening with Massage Envy. Uh, their royalties at the time were 6% and they were going up to 8%. And we were about six months, I think we are about six months into being open with the first location. Our projections were a little off. And, um, and, and so we weren't quite where we wanted to be, but that was – there's a fine example of, of basing your projections off of uh, another franchise who uh, was basing their projections off of someone out on the, on the West Coast. So it was a learning experience for us. Um, but, but we were starting to see growth, and we were better understanding the model and what things would affect it. Um, we felt that we knew we could actually buy these licenses and, and sit on them for a little bit, so we knew we had time to continue to develop that first one so that it was where it needed to be strong enough in those KPIs. We felt that we had uh, the supply, and absolutely the demand. Um, we had two schools at the time that were um, graduating massage surfaces. These were all things that we were taking into consideration, but we had uh, what we believed to be approximately two years to develop those two. So we had time to get there. Um, and we knew what we needed to do to get there. So the second one that we opened though, because there was already a second massage Envy in, in Fort Wayne, um, we didn't want they were we had opened about the same time as them. And so we we didn't the issue that we struggled with locally was uh, having the supply with a therapist. So we didn't want to push too hard with that. So we actually chose um, to open the second location two hours north in an area where there were no other there's no other competition in terms of the uh, the supply issue with the therapists and there were two schools there as well. So that one actually uh, was profitable within six months. So um, that one did Excellent. really well. Yeah, and then um, and then the, the third one we thought we had a little bit more time. Uh, but Massager was bought out by another, uh, by a private equity firm, and they had put a little bit of push to the development across the country with those licenses that had been purchased. So, so we did end up um, opening that third one in Fort Wayne. Um, unfortunately, there had been a school that had closed. So supply, you know, and I think in any market, in any franchise, you know, it's really important to pay attention to, you know, the variables as it relates to supply, Um you know, if you're looking at someone that you need, you know, an employee that needs to have some sort of special licensing, you know, that's really, really important to always consider. I, unless I open up a school, though, I have limited control over that. Um, so that one's been a little bit right. slower to grow. Um, and then the fourth one that we have, um, we actually, that was a, uh, an acquisition. So there was an owner wanting to um, get out of business ownership um, for other personal reasons. And that by purchasing that location, we would have the full market. And so it just seems strategically like a good decision for us to, to go ahead and purchase that one at the same time. So. um, And my follow-up
2: is, do you have more on the horizon, Amanda?
7: (laughs) Uh, No, not at this time. (laughs) Not at this time. Not fifteen, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I might find honor yoga though. She honor yoga. There you go. Me.
3: Wow.
0: Two of I them really will have to give a commission a on that.
7: that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm I uh, she did a great a great pitch on, on uh on her business. I love her passion. So and that's yeah. what you know what? Yeah. That's that's what I love in a franchise store, you know you look for that. So I hear, I heard it in her voice. Um, obviously, you know, I haven't seen her up TV, but just to hear, you know, her passion and her story behind that, um, that resonates with me as a, as a potential franchisee.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think her numbers show it too, as I, your numbers, I'm sure are very good from what you've done as well. So, um, yeah, right.
3: Sure. Uh, I noticed that you are on the uh, advisory board for the uh, local uh, in, in your area, or is that Indiana for Massage MB?
7: Oh, it's not for Massage MB, It's for the, our the massage school here. Oh, okay. So that, that's a strategic move, obviously wanting to be on their board so that uh, we can be involved okay, in any sure. programs. Um, they have one of the – they actually have a, a two-year program uh, an associate's degree program for massage therapists, which is uh, very unusual. There aren't a lot of states that have that That's through Ivy Tech State college. So I'm on that advisory board. That certainly certainly helps in terms oh, sure. of, you know, sure. reply. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. you, you have an interesting background in, uh, in the fact that you have 16 years as a parole officer. I, I found that interesting. How, how does that fit into what you're doing now?
7: Uh, Well, you know what, honestly, a lot of people are surprised, and they feel, you know, in their mind, they think it's such a difference. Um, It sounds like it. It, On on paper, it may look like it, but when you look at uh, the types of, I think, skill sets that that you would need in, in certain human relations types, jobs and owning a business, especially if it's one where you're going to be involved and be managing people. Um, I think it just comes down to, you know, being able to um, collaborate and and motivate and work with your employees and your managers, um, being able to lead. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of just from supervising, I mean, even if they were criminals, I mean, I'm still working with individuals, a variety of individuals who were, You know, I needed to motivate them to do specific things, and, um, you know, honestly, it's just people skills, and I, it was not very difficult at all, so uh, (laughs) strangely enough.
3: Yeah, definitely, uh, that helps. Uh, I like to use the word emotional intelligence a lot, and uh, I think that's what you – at least one of the skills uh, – person needs because of not only dealing with your potential clients and customers but also your employees uh, recently I, I, I was thinking what makes up my business and we, we have you know we've talked a lot about uh, the fam uh, our employees being part of our family and uh, I use that word a lot family but then recently I thought well we've, we've uh, laughed together we've had fun together but we've had instances where we've cried together and i think that when when you reach that point you know that you really really care about the, the people that uh, you know are part of your family and i'm talking about yeah. of course your your business family
7: absolutely um and you know you're your employee, your employees will work harder if they feel like they're a part of the family. They will be more loyal and committed to you. And, you know, I mean, obviously, it's a business. You need to make, you need to make money, um, but, but having those relationships. And again, I mean, you know, there's boundaries. I, I understand that. But letting your employees know that you generally do care about them, you do want them to have that work life balance, and you will be there for them and, and hear them out when they're having things that are happening in their life that you know make it impossible for that work life balance. You know, you have employees that get illnesses. They have you know children that die. I had a therapist recently. Her her son was um, shot and killed on accident, and You know, we all pulled together, and, you know, we all went to the funeral, and then we we helped raise some funds. And, you know, I've been working with her, trying to, you know, help her with some counseling. And it's just, you know, you got to be there for your employees at those times. And, you know, especially if you're in a a business where you're hands-on or even semi-absentee, I think it's ever so more important for them to know that that you're human, too, you know, but you're willing to be there for them. So, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, very, very important. And, and transparency is another thing. We try to be as transparent as you possibly can oh, in our business.
0: Ab-
7: absolutely. When when we acquired the fourth location, and it had been owned uh, by you know another person, obviously, for about seven years, well, maybe it was six years, uh, it was really important. they were scared because of change, a new person. So it was really important that when I came in there, that I would be transparent because the respect was definitely going to be have to be earned. And as busy as I was, I knew how important it would be to be there for them to be able to answer their questions and assure them that, I mean, while that, yes, there's going to be changes, there needed to be changes, but there wasn't going to be any changes that I wouldn't explain. And so, and that wouldn't be in the best interest of us as a whole. And so just having that communication and transparency and, it, and commitment, and it showed them that I truly cared about them. And that, and it, that helped us move forward, and they've been great, and I've got a great team over there.
3: That's fantastic. Okay, okay so, yeah,
7: I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll ask one question, then I'll ask <laughs> the last questions, and then we'll go to commercial and bring Holly's surprise guest on. So my second-to-last question is, is it true there isn't anything more in Indiana than corn?
7: Well, you know, maybe if you'd asked, you know, a few years ago, it's, but it's not true anymore. I'm telling you, we are moving up. We are, we are getting to be cutting edge. You would be amazed. You got to come to Fort Wayne. <laughs> There's been lots of hot development. No, actually, you know what? There has been a lot of downtown uh, uh, improvement and growth. It's been a kind of exciting thing to see here. Indy, Indianapolis better watch out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I spent 10 years living in mid north, north central Indiana, and yeah, there was only corn. <laughs>
7: So, all right, well, so maybe if you go to the outskirts of the county, there's corn. But we like corn here.
3: Yeah.
7: <laughs> we like it.
3: Yeah, okay.
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so then the no, last I think, question. Fred, you're thinking of Iowa. Iowa's all corn. No,
1: yeah. I was okay. in l- 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 lay flat, lay lo- Uh, Laugh-A-Lot, or otherwise known as Lafayette, and believe me, you went five miles one way or another, you got lost in a cornfield, so yeah, I know. (laughs) Spent 10 years of my life there. Got a daughter, too. Um,
7: We're way better than Lafayette.
1: (laughs) Okay, so people, so if people have comments about that, then how do they get a hold of you to express that, Amanda? (laughs)
7: Well, so You can find me on LinkedIn uh, under at Amanda Tokas or uh, at Amanda at com.
1: Thank you, ma'am. Um, so actually I do have one last question. Sorry, I forgot about it. Ooh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to get killed for this one. So it's the Addison question. What advice would you give to my granddaughter, Addison, on how to be successful as a woman?
7: I would say – definitely surround yourself with people that are going to believe in you and motivate you. Um, there are going to be people in this world that are going to be naysayers, and it's it's just so important to uh, to block out a lot of that negative energy. And there's going to be times when you fail, and that's how you learn and grow and develop. And don't look at it as, um, you know, you're – not capable of doing something, look at it as an opportunity to grow stronger so that you can do whatever it is that you wanted to do. So I would just say, you know, be strong and be around other strong people.
1: Awesome. Great. Thank you, uh, Amanda Tokos. Thanks for being on the show. And we're going to hear for, more from you again, that much I know. So, folks.
7: Love it. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. And
1: word from Or just a reminder, you can chat at uh, PillarsOfFranchising.com, or you can still dial in at 323-580-5755. And now a word from another sponsor.
3: Thank you, Amanda.
2: Zarian Firm International Business Brokers is truly unique in the business resale space. While the average business broker uses one standard multiplier across all businesses and industries to value a business, VarianFirm is the only business brokerage that looks at the five factors of distinction in each individual business. This gives our sellers a true value and our buyers a fair price. Varian offers sellers the choice of three marketing packages based on how quickly they want to sell their business, but all of our businesses sell 33% faster than the industry norm.
1: Zarian Firm International Business Brokers connects premium investors with validated business opportunities. Okay, Holly, so you have a special surprise guest for us, I
2: think, don't you? I do. Yes, I do. Uh, so here in Chicago, uh, we're here. Um, I'm here with um, the St. Gregory Group and uh, working with some investors as well for some aspects of my business that I'm developing. And I have um, a friend of mine, a coworker with the Franchise Consulting Company. He is an executive, senior executive broker. Uh, he is also a franchise owner. He is um, not just uh, one franchise, he's multi-unit uh, owner and a new and emerging brand, so there's a lot that we want to talk to him about in, in that area, but he also comes from the back side of it. He, he's done a lot of developments, and um, he's done operations for some major brands, and uh, before that, you know, he did all of his own business, uh, you know, as far as, construction work, some uh, flipping houses uh, and ran a lot of crews and you know just really has a great background. So I thought it would be a really interesting uh, take to hear you know why he went into franchising from being a business owner and what he feels the value is in working with a new and emerging brand and, and maybe what are what are the what are the downsides of that as well So
6: Andrew yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Holly. So I guess there was, a, I've been listening in and I know you guys have been chuckling back and forth about Holly's questions. Um, so I didn't know if that was a question, Holly, specifically, or if you were uh, making me feel good about myself, but um, regardless of that, I, I appreciate that. So is there something specifically um, that you guys want to talk about or you think your listeners would want to would wanna hear from me with, with my diverse background?
2: Yeah, why, why did you choose to go into franchising?
1: Time out. Your last name would be good. And then since this is <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. weather.
0: Fred,
6: uh,
1: that's so <laughs> oh, <right>. difficult. <laughs> so what's your
6: last name first? <laughs> so so my last name is Sol. Like I've got Sol with an E at the end. Um, I'm actually in Chicago, as Holly said, and the weather is perfect. I'm from the Philadelphia area. Or I live in the Philadelphia area now, so I'm not sure what the weather is there. It's probably similar to here, I I would hope. (laughs)
2: Now you can (laughs) ask, Holly. I am. I see you on camera here, whatever. Uh, Andrew, so tell us why you chose to get into franchising. Um, You know, obviously you've done your own businesses for a long time now. What what was the draw and, and what made you take that leap?
6: Sure. So, you know, a little bit goes back to my background. I have started a few businesses on my own, um, kind of businesses that only ran if I was there kind of 24-7. And as rewarding as that can be, it's also, uh, you know, kind of a grind. And you have your good weeks and your bad weeks, as, as any business owner does. Um, but I was always intrigued about franchising and the model and the, really the support that comes with being involved with a good franchise brand is amazing. You know, you have these subject matter experts whose only job is to help you become more, you know, more successful. Um, if there are areas that you're lacking in your skills, a lot of, a lot of brands have these incredibly robust training programs, not just on the systems of the the, the business that they're, that you may be running, but, all aspects of of kind of both personal and business growth is really what a lot of franchising uh, companies are all about. So I was very intrigued in that, about that, and having the experience, like I said, of owning my own businesses in the past where I had basically none of those things, um, you know, there's just a a ton of value, I always thought, um, to that. And then I worked in, in operations corporately in franchising, so I was able to actually not only learn a lot of those those things, but it was my job to work with the franchisees to help them, you know, and they, they grow grow their businesses and be more successful in their businesses too. So um, I kind of thought that this was cool, and then I had the chance to actually learn it from the inside and about, you know, to talk a little bit about where I am now with that. Um, I have a friend, that is now a business partner, who we've been talking about, um, wouldn't it be cool if we owned, our, you know, own something ourselves? Uh, so we, we talked about that on and off for years. And we finally about a year and a half ago decided that it was time timing kind of lined up and we started to talk more seriously about what we wanted to do. And our goal really is to be a multi-unit, multi-brand ownership group. Um, and so we, we purchased our first, our first franchise, um, and we're actually in the early stages of that. Um, we're, we're about four weeks from opening. We're in, we're in construction now. Um, and we have a pretty robust development plan over the next four to five years. So we're learning a lot as we go. And, you know, one of the, one of the key things that we actually were looking for, we both both my partner and I have business ownership background, um, we wanted something that we were kind of had an early adopter situation where we had the ability to sort of own a market and develop a market. Um, we feel that there's a lot of benefits to doing that. But it, I would say for someone listening that's maybe not considering multi-unit ownership, whether you're single unit, three units, or ten, um, depending on your background and your skills and depending on it, if you have a partner or not, you know, those are all really important things to think about. And so we put a lot of thought and time into what is what is it that we want to do. And so for us, having sort of that green field, green pasture ability to own and, and run a market and put a lot of hard work in on the early side that hopefully will pay off down the road, um, you know, is something that we're we're in the process of doing. Ray, is that long winded enough ahead. answer? Uh-oh.
2: Oh, exactly. Will you tell our listeners you have ten uh,
6: the rights to ten, um, Andrew? We do. We have we have the rights to ten in the Greater Philadelphia um, suburb market. Not it's not in the city. It's a kind of a suburb um, market. So yeah, we have ten ten units.
2: And that's uh, and can you tell everybody the brand?
6: Sure. Yeah, it's Tough Mudder Boot Camp. So one of the things that we so it's a fitness brand, it's a gym, it's a 45-minute high-intensity training uh, workout, very technologically driven. It's they're actually really fun. Total, um, no two days are the same as far as the workouts are concerned. There's music. One of the things, not to get into the weeds about the gym too much, um, you know, there's a lot of boutique fitness is a is a very crowded market. And there's a lot of great, you know, great brands out there. Um, One of the things we liked about Tough Mudder Boot Camp, other than having incredible brand recognition, um, was the workout itself is a little different. Um, We don't have, for example, we don't have um, a row of treadmills and a row of rowers. It's more of an open concept. And we don't, it's more of a functional workout. We don't have heavy weights. Um, No one's going to get hurt lifting heavy weights over their head or doing anything crazy, despite what people might think about Tough Mudder um, being a crazy mud event. It's more about the vibe that you get when you do an, uh, a race like that or when you're with a group of people that you find that you have a lot of alignment with, even though you might have a diverse background set. Um, there's, a, there's a really positive energy that comes from doing an event like that. And that's the part of the Tough Mudder that we brought into the gym um, so it's a very communal, very positive, very motivating kind of team atmosphere that's kind of baked into all the workouts. So uh, pretty excited about about that part.
3: That, that's an interesting name. Uh, it, it reminds me of a restaurant that I uh, that I, don't, I think they're still here around called Mother Tucker's careful
0: how you okay. pronounce it
3: you're just making it
1: really <laughs> difficult for me to stay quiet here
2: <laughs> I can't do it either
0: <laughs> so, you know, I'm so maybe, funny
6: about that
3: <laughs> but uh, uh, can you, you, would uh, can you uh, <laughs> carefully pronounce the name of, of, of your uh, new enterprise and give us a little uh, idea about the background on that
6: yeah, so it's Tough Mudder, like the events business, the, uh, off, the uh, obstacle course race, Tough Mudder, and it's boot camp. Is that, so that Tough is Mudder that, boot is camp. That
3: M-U- is that M-U-D-D-E-R?
6: Yes, M-U-D-D-E-R.
3: Oh, okay. All right, I just wanted to make sure. I thought it was, you know, if you listen to it, I mean, it sounds like Tough Mudder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, then, there's, there's another Mudder word that it as sounds well. like. I just wanted to make sure I had it and, and I you know so you're you're at the exciting part right now of getting started that that is so cool and I, I think that uh, uh, my partner was my wife when I when we started 15 years ago and that was so exciting for us to you know to, to we we went out shopping for office furniture and you know signs and, and all kinds of like that it's, it's such an exciting time in the franchise and And I I hope you're enjoying it as as, as much as you sound like you
6: are. Yeah, you're right. It is exciting. You know, we're in that weird spot where we're about four weeks from opening. So we've done a tremendous amount of work up until this point. And it feels like it's work that really hasn't – it feels like we haven't really done anything (laughs) because we're not open yet. But as you know, there's a lot of work that goes into any successful business behind the scenes. Uh, And without that work, you're not going to be successful. So um, the things that we've learned from this first unit will make the second and third and the fourth uh, smoother, easier, faster. Um, You know, I I hope that we continue to evolve and improve our systems and processes as we move forward. So, yeah, it is very exciting. Um, You know, it's funny. One of the things that we talk about, you know, I'm also a consultant with Holly. And one of the things that our clients ask us a lot are, you know, explain semi-absentee and absentee models. And one of the things that we look for as well was we wanted a semi-absentee or possibly absentee model, meaning once it's built, you can hire management and step back from the daily operations. And I was just talking to my, my partner, Jeff, last week about that. And um, obviously there's an ebb and flow depending on what specifically is happening with the business, but, um, it certainly is not um, not absentee or even semi-absentee at this point because there's so many things to do. And I think that's kind of a, a key thing for people to learn is, you know, this model particularly, um, once it's up and running, yes, it will be it will run on its own. I won't have to be there. We will have a manager and head trainer and trainers and staff that's, that are trained. But there are certain times in any business cycle that, you know, that's not the case. Um, and that's not the case for us right now. We're putting in a lot of time and focus to get things right and, and to get the right people on board from a hiring perspective, and really nobody's going to do that better than yourself. Um, obviously, in two years from now, if we have layers of management, hopefully they're taking over those things, but it's a lot of time and effort and work today.
3: Definitely. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, we do talk about in the show is trying to begin with the end in mind, and, and wh- how do you see yourself in five or ten years down the road? And, and obviously by hiring the right management right from the beginning and giving them the proper training, uh, you know, one one of the things I was told, because uh, I said, my goal was to eventually walk away from the business, but uh, I was told I couldn't. You know, it required my uh, you know my attendance. Uh, in the office all the time and uh, it, I, I certainly didn't uh, uh, listen to that because when, when I was hiring the, the, the people that uh, work for me now uh, I, I did hire them with the end of mind for them to begin to, to manage the business for me but in, in one way they were correct because I like what I'm doing so much I don't think I want to walk away with it I, I just really, I really like it and I love going to work and uh, I love, like, just like I love, you know, hosting this show. It, it, it's it's a lot of fun. And
0: uh, right.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, everything you
3: everything you read about about um,
6: you know trying to trying to blend your passion with your work. You know, you're if you if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, or whatever that common phrase is. Um, there, there will always be things in any business that maybe you like more than others, but one of the things I really enjoy is kind of empowering really good people and seeing them grow and change oh, yeah. and evolve. Um, oh, yeah. And so really re- regardless of, you know, obviously the fitness world is all about change and growth and posi- a lot of positive things. So it'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to kind of the ride, so to speak, as we build out our, our, our gyms.
3: Yeah, you, you're one of the fastest-growing uh, uh, self you know, the self-improvement industry is just growing by leaps and bounds. It, people are just out, you know, looking everywhere. You know, as, as you can see by the yoga and and, and the fitness, uh, it's just it's just growing tremendously. And and senior care is another big industry that's that's uh, popping up all over the place. Right.
1: So I'll jump in here with a a question. Now, since you obviously are helping people get franchises and you've just – you're buying into that, you come at this from a a dual point of view. So my question is, is is your – we're going to go back to the FDD question. What, as a – somebody who's buying a franchise as well as a franchise consultant – what three items would you recommend people read first?
6: first. Yeah, I heard you ask Amanda that, and I actually, I actually have maybe an answer that you'll like or maybe you don't like. <laughs> you probably like in, in, in any of the answers. Um, so depending on – I think that depending on whoever, whomever is reading the FDD – um, and depending on whether it's the first time they've read one or if, if they've read many, um, you know, as a consultant, our goal is to try to find what's right for you. Um, that's the whole point, right? Is to try to, to try to understand what your needs are. And then we, we go back on our vast knowledge of these businesses and we say, well, I think based on everything that I know, this is probably the right fit and here are the reasons. And so when someone's reading an FDD Um, depending on what, where they are, what their experience is, what their, what their abilities are, so to speak, I think that that would change for, for someone. For me, I'm very financially focused. Um, I've read a lot of FDDs, so maybe my answer isn't the same as, as some, but, um, anything that that talks about financial performance, financial statements, what's the initial investment, um, so 7 21 and 19 are, are kind of three of the the, the ones that pop out um, but really there's you know all of them have their own level of importance um, a senior you know a brand that's been around for 20 years and has 500 600 800 units that FDD is very different than a brand that's you know in year one or year two with with less than 10 units um, quite often those early brands uh, you know just the nature of the FDD have to have something in there, but um, you. I guess my point is you maybe maybe put less focus on on those items if the if the brand is in year one, right? If you're looking at a senior uh, uh, a brand that's been around a long time, then those become very important, and you and you'll be able to put you know one company up against the other and look at their model and look at their margins and look at um, the scalability of it as well. If you're owning one, a good, a good example is you know, if, if we're going to own three, five, or ten units of something, we might, be, we might be willing to take a lower return per unit if there are other elements that are important to us that are there versus if it's a one unit and I need to derive all of my income from this, then um, what is my top-line realistic money that we could make? And then the other portion of it is this, a territory-based business that can scale with a lower upfront investment or is this a brick and mortar where location is critical and the build out is, is really, really expensive. So depending on what business you're looking at, I would say that that answer for me would change. That's why I thought you may or may not like my answer. (laughs) Well, it makes it hard to put you in the book,
1: but I'll accept it. (laughs) Go ahead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you like item 20 as well, Andrew looking at the attrition uh, of, of yeah, brand sure. brands and how it changes. Okay, this is I, I'm going to go to maybe a harder question, um, and I, I hope it's okay with you, Andrew. But, um, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners out there are, you know, looking at emerging brands versus established brands, and there is definitely more risk involved in signing up with a brand that's fairly new. I mean, of course, if they have, you know a lot of history and franchising, and they've got a great operations and backing support, and that's a little different. But when you go into an emerging brand that's fairly new out of the gate, um, that has maybe some successful corporate units, what well, you know, it, it, you're you're really kind of rolling the dice a little bit. You're you're putting a little bit of faith in that. I mean, obviously you get in generally cheaper. Um, you're not paying the premium price of an established brand. Um, but you also are doing uh, a little bit of rolling the dice when it comes to not 100% positive how that brand is going to play out. Um, obviously, you know, people that come to and they look at different, you know, segments of their portfolio like that. And, and I find it fascinating that you, you know, being in development and all of your business experience chose uh, an emerging brand. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about maybe some of the risks or maybe some of the the detriments of going in with a, a new and emerging brand, or maybe even just some of the the pitfalls that you've come across in your in your initiation with uh, with Submutter?
6: Sure, um, great question. Uh, you know, anytime you're doing something for the first time, whether it's opening your own, you know, our our own first unit or Tough mutter boot camp rolling out a national expansion, you're going to have growing pains. You're going to have things that maybe you thought made a lot of sense in your, you know, day one that by the time you, you have some real experiences, don't make as much sense. And I think one of, the, one of the big keys is in this kind of a situation with an emerging brand is um, how open are they to feedback and do they look at the franchisee as a true partner, especially early on? Um, do they look at the, that relationship like, in, in my opinion, the, uh, the, uh, in a healthy way should be, hey, you're going through this real-life stuff. Um, we really need your help and your feedback on what is working. And if something isn't working as well as we thought, what do you think we can do to, to fix it and change it and improve it? Um, so yeah, there is a little bit of rolling the dice, so to speak. Um, but if the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee is, is one of, of, uh, strong partnership, um, you know, that was one of the things that we actually looked for. We wanted to have kind of our hands in sort of molding some aspects of a brand. Um, so this really for us is kind of exactly what we were looking for, um, there are things in an emerging brand that they just don't have yet. Um, most companies sure. in year five or ten, the reason they have those things is because there was somebody, or there was a group early on that said, hey, we need it to be done this way, and here are the reasons why. And they said right. that's really interesting learning, and they made that part of their policy and procedure. And so we really, we really um, are looking forward to sort of being in this stage and kind of putting our thumbprint so to speak, uh, in some fashion, hopefully positively, um, for Tough Mudder Boot Camp.
2: Well, that's fantastic. I'm sure you have, uh, you and your partner have much to add to the brand as well as, as they continue to grow. And I and I think uh, do really well. How many how many units have been sold with Tough Mudder? I know they're you know brand new.
6: Yeah. So it's so I'll I'll kid you a little bit. So it's Tough Mudder Boot Camp. Totally different than Tough Mutter, right? Tough Mutter is the um, parent company. They're the events business. And uh, Tough Mutter Boot Camp is the gym. And I like, to, I like to poke fun at people because, you know, again, back to your emerging brand question, um, to get people to understand that it's Tough Mutter Boot Camp and we're actually a gym is part of the branding challenge, right? Is to get people to know that this is around. There are other really successful fitness concepts that people just know by name and they know exactly what it is. We don't have that luxury yet, right, of, of people think, how, how, what the heck is this? And so to answer your question, um, right now there are four open units, Boston, it's actually Burlington uh, outside of Boston, Las Vegas, Houston, and Denver just opened. And then uh, Beaverton, Oregon is going to open in about three weeks, and then we're going to open in about four uh, and then there's a handful that are that are you know about a month away from breaking ground. So uh, I don't have an answer to you for you about how many units have been sold company wide, but right now there are four open, and there'll be another four open, including ours, in the next uh, next month or two.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So I, I do apologize about the about the comment. I didn't know there was a difference because I didn't know what tough mutter was. So that, there's my ignorance, you know, <laughs> right out there. <laughs>
1: I didn't either. So you know, maybe it's not our ignorance. It's maybe it's they're missing something. <laughs> but that's beside the point.
2: It's collective ig- ignorance. There we go. <laughs>
1: Well, that's why we're we have the pillars of franchising to educate and entertain and wipe that's out. That's right. Endurance.
2: That's why we wear hats.
6: <laughs> that's that's right.
0: Well, I there are there are a, a lot
6: good. of people out there that have heard of Tough Mudder and and are hugely um, whether it's Tough Mudder or all the other obstacle course races. Uh, it, you'd be surprised at the following and the, kind of the passion. It's it's really incredible how how people. Um, you know, there's actually, there's a lot of stats. There's a lot of people that have tattoos of the Tough Mutter logo. and uh, So anyway, mm, it, it's this. just hyper, it, it's on the top of my my, um, my brain list today because we, um, we're going down that road of educating the public on, on Tough Mutter boot camp. And one of the things we hear all the time is people call it Tough Mutter and they're two separate things. Uh, very similar. Obviously, there's the name recognition, but they're two different businesses. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah. keeps coming close, but not quite.
2: He hasn't said it yet, Fred.
1: I know. He's come close, but don't give any hints. Like I said, he's come I'm close. I'm
2: not doing it. Ray, come on. See if you can smoke it out of him.
1: <laughs> you know I'm making to play that clip, so he's come close. close. Go ahead, Ray. Ray ask the question. You
2: can do it.
3: Yeah, you can do it, Fred.
1: (laughs) No, come on, dude. You got the
0: next question.
3: (laughs) So, so if someone is interested (laughs) in a tough mutter, I am having a hard time saying that. (laughs) Tough mutter boot camp. How do they get a hold of you, Andrew?
6: Well, I don't know how to help you out if someone wants a tough mutter, but I can help you out if they want a tough mutter boot camp. Yeah. Okay. I knew Sorry. that was
0: coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> hey, I've been
6: on this. I've been on this fo- on this call on this call uh, a long time. I feel like I can joke with you guys now. Um, so my my oh, address, yeah. email address is Andrew at the at either toughmutterbootcamp.com dot com or it's Andrew at company dot com.
2: Oh. Well, I'm gonna smoke it out of you. So, when you have a um, a situation where you want to draw people into your uh, into your business, to so you create awareness, and what's that other word that you would want to do? How about your company? Mm. Mm.
6: Marketing, sales? Yeah. What? I'm not. I'm not following
2: it. I did the it.
0: word. So the word of the day was marketing? That's always the word of the day.
6: Fred cares
2: about marketing. How do you market your business?
6: How do we market our business? You know, we have a a pretty robust marketing, um, I guess we'll call it, strategy or platform. You know, today people are so focused on social media. Everybody's, whether you like it or not, um, is staring at their phone all day. And so things are changing a little bit. Um, You know, back when I was in the operation side of franchising, part of the local market effort was um, kind of a lot of old school mailing and postcards. And although that's an important aspect of a total plan, uh, we're focusing more on on digital media, social media. um, And we actually have a company um, that's helping us with a very targeted um, active buyer. It's called Active Buyer Program. Um, that will focus our our, our online advertising dollars uh, that focus towards specific people that are showing online as, uh, habits that would that would um, tell us that they're interested or in market to join a gym or start their health start becoming more health conscious if that makes sense. So yeah, and the typical website websites and other stuff too, but.
2: So, Andrew and we, we um, have, go
6: ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, we do a lot of on-the-ground stuff, too, where we have we have table events where we've got, you know, the old-school table and, and marketing materials and flyers. We do free workouts near our gym. Uh, we sponsor events, right? We're out in the local community kind of letting people know that, hey, here's who we are. This is where we're located. We've got a lot of free classes, you know, so we're doing sort of the boots-on-the-ground efforts as well as, um, you know, as another attempt to create awareness of not just the brand and the business and the location, but uh, letting people know that we're here. So that's kind of the the on-the-ground portion as far as the marketing is concerned.
2: Awesome. And just a quick follow-up. I'm really curious. Obviously, you've had your hand in a lot of ventures, and you continue to move them forward, uh, multiple things at the same time, um, as I know from knowing you. Uh, what what are you What are your thoughts? You know, in the next five years, I mean, how do you How do you uh, expect your your life, your business career, to to evolve?
6: I have no idea, Holly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I say that
6: half ser- half serious and half and half joking. You know, even even two years ago, I would not have known. Um, you know that I would be where I am today certainly 10 years ago, I was doing something completely different. So I would like to believe that my, my life and business life will continue to evolve in ways that I, I probably can't see today. Um, you know, one of the things that, one of the reasons I got into franchising um, kind of this time around was to make some changes from what, um, what ways that I've done things in the past. And what I mean by that is you know when I ran my own business, I was the only one that was that was pretty much in charge of of things, and now having a business partner that's a that's a new thing for me uh, and being involved with a franchise is definitely new um, and so one of the things that I see a lot of value in is partnering with great people in great ventures, whether that be you know in, in whatever that um you know, wherever that takes you. I think if you can find people that you that you like spending time with, and that you you have a lot of alignment in your values and your goals, then I think you can do you can do great things together. Um, so I don't know where I'll be in the next two months or two years or ten years, but hopefully it's doing something that I'm passionate about with people
3: that I like doing it with. So
2: fantastic! Great advice for everybody.
3: So so that kind of begs the question, to me anyway, is what precipitated your interest in Tough Mudder? Are are you a Tough Mudder?
2: Tough Mudder Boot Camp, right? I, well, no, it's no, I,
3: I, I, I didn't tough, say boot it's camp. Tough I, said, it. I, said it, I, I said it specifically because I was just wondering if maybe oh. you got involved in the Tough Mudder uh, events before you, beca- you you decided to open the boot camp.
2: Oh, gotcha. Good question.
3: Yeah.
6: So I, I had done a Tough mutter. Um, I am not, uh, you know, I'm not a, like a huge, uh, uh, you know, a OCR person. I'm, I'm not a huge Tough mutter person. Obviously, I'm involved with boot camp now. But, um, you know, there are people, like a couple of our trainers have done, you know, 20 of them. Like they, it's a major part of their life. They travel. Um, it's, it's quite a social environment as well. So, no, I am not a hardcore um, Tough Mudder racer. I certainly love it. We just had our Philadelphia Tough Mudder last weekend, and we took a team of about 28 people from our boot camp and our trainers, and they they ran the race, and I stayed back and worked our booth. <laughs> so uh, someone had to do it, and I guess I, uh, I would rather see them go out there and, and have a blast, and I'll, uh, I'll have a chance to do that next year hopefully.
3: But but that I was know,
6: all of the uh, uh, what, yeah one of the tipping points for us when we looked at several other brands when we first made the decision to move forward with boot camp was that the Tough butter brand name was so strong um, they have you know just massively high uh, a brand that 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 holds a lot of passion and a lot of positive things for a lot of people so.
3: Definitely. I, 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 I'm not familiar with the, with the actual name of the events that I have relatives, or I should say my wife's relatives in Missouri, uh, or maybe they're not in Missouri. Anyway, they <laughs> have, he has the whole family involved, the wife, the, all the kids, and they're constantly on Facebook and showing us pictures of all the events they're in, all the obstacles they have to uh, get across. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course, I envy them because uh, he's able to get his entire family involved in what he what he has a passion for, you know. And I think that's great. You know, it's uh, it looks like mm-hmm. a fun family, or it can be a family thing. It, it, mm-hmm. You know,
6: it can sure.
3: Yeah, and that's that's one of the beautiful things of I guess,
6: guess healthy living. Doing something maybe fun mm-hmm. and different. Um, keeps things you know keeps life exciting so yeah I agree. They actually not to talk too much about the event side of the business, but they had this year they, they have a mini mutter for a certain age bracket. Um, I, I forget the ages. They actually have a rough mutter for dogs. You can run this small course with your with your dog. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then they've got a five they've got a five k. That's more of an entry level that anybody can do, and then they have some pretty hardcore, different lengths, 10 mile, and an overnight thing. But um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Thousands and thousands of people do do each of those events, and hopefully the boot camp, um, the boot camp name can get established so people can think whether they've heard about the Tough Mudder race or not. Maybe they've heard about the boot camp. So that would be the long term sure. goal, I guess. Okay, we, so we, we've got.
0: Just
1: get the last, uh, to... I get ahead, a last question. So I get the last question because after that we have to do our final commercial and then scaboose. Whatever the hell I said. So my last question yeah, is: You're you're going into a I, an athletic franchise. What type of athletic past do you have? And you got about forty-five seconds to answer. Maybe a
0: minute. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I
6: actually have—I actually have a pretty interesting athletic past. But you know, whether you have an athletic past or not, um, you know, you could own really just to talk about general franchising ki- concepts. You know, I could own a restaurant, a franchise restaurant, and not be a chef and not have much restaurant experience. Uh, just have to eat, right? So yes, I have an athletic background or a past or whatever, but. Um, you know that that really had nothing to do with the decision for us to you know become franchisees and, and specifically own Tough Mudder Boot Camp. Although it is a passion a passion of mine of, of fitness and healthy living and uh, you know all that positive positivity that comes with it.
1: Okay, on that note, we'll thank all of our guests uh, and take our last
0: commercial. Scaboose. Ever
6: wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select (laughs) and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of The Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com, or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072.
1: Thanks, Nick. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Go be profitable, and we'll see you next week.